Okay, here we go again. Hello and welcome to episode four of my news rip about SAP and Microsoft. What happened last week? Well, if you take a look at my background, you will see we will have a quite focused topic this week. And it's all about Microsoft Ignite. Um, so we will have a, a bit of a different structure today. Um, not too much SAP stuff. Um, let's take a look at the agenda. Um, so what I will have, I will have two scenarios that I would like to outline that um, will give you some new use cases about SAP and um, Microsoft combinations and um, a little bit about productivity. And then we will dive into Microsoft Ignite about not about everything at Ignite, because that would be too much for a day, um, but about the things that I think really are quite interesting when it comes to um, developing extensions with Azure, with Microsoft Tooling and SAP. Okay, without further ado, let's dive into the first topic. It's about bringing the worlds together. So SAP and Microsoft, what do we have? And there's one cool contribution of uh, the one and only Gregor Wolf about, of course, his topic at the moment, I think it's the cloud application programming model. And here he started a project that is also available on GitHub about custom defined authentication using um, Azure Active Directory B2C. So you can contribute, you can put in suggestions and so on and so forth. Um, from my perspective, really interesting because this is yeah, standard scenario, um, authentication via Azure ID is kind of the thing that you have to do usually before starting anything. There is also a second blog post about that topic. I mean, integrating IDPs is not the, the sexiest stuff, but super necessary. So um, here is a quite extensive blog post by Murali about integrating Subdata Warehouse Cloud with Azure Active Directory. And it's really a super long block, very, very detailed what you have to do, highlighting all the single steps that you have to walk through. So really great work. And if you have to do that, I would directly go to the blog and do it step by step. Then um, one last topic concerning integrating both worlds is by the last action hero Martin Pankratz. If you remember the first episode, I, I highlighted him because I think he really makes super cool, super useful uh, contributions. And here is another one. Um, quite interesting scenario combining um, kind of the, the classical workflow of SAP with the Power Platform and the Microsoft 365 Platform. So he uses Power Automate of the Power Platform, so um, kind of low-code uh, workflow tooling <clears throat> in order to get uh, pending approvals out of SAP and uh, notifying uh, users on different channels using uh, adaptive cards. So he, he um, notifies folks uh, at Teams, at Outlook, and there is also some concurrency and he updates these adaptive cards once opening um, um, 
for example, the email as displayed here. So if, if another colleague already um, approved or rejected the workflow, the adaptive card gets updated and the second approver gets a notification, hey, you're too late, you lost the game. So really a very cool, helpful scenario from my perspective um, when it comes to integrating workflow with um, Microsoft. Yeah, so that's it from the SAP and Microsoft universe part. Um, I also want to highlight one thing that came out, I think, last week. Um, it's the GitHub CLI. It's now GA. You can download it, you can install it. So it's not a Git CLI, it's a CLI in order to interact with GitHub. It's not, um, I think it's not fully fledged, so it's not feature complete, but you can do, I think, most of the commands out of this um, CLI. The only thing that I came across where you have to Google a bit is um, how to do um, type ahead. So if, if you press the top key to get some um, proposals, what you want to do based on the, on the letters you entered, um, that's not in there out of the box. You have to trick a bit around depending on which um, operating system you are, but then it, yeah, it works like a charm. There is also one other thing that I've linked within the um, GitHub repo, and that's um, all the news about Teams. That's a very extensive section, and uh, all that stuff was highlighted at the Ignite this uh, week. There is really tons of stuff that can support you in your daily productivity. I hope your corporate IT will push that stuff out as soon as it's there. I'm quite sure my corporate IT will not do it, but that's a different story. So take a look at that. I've linked it in the show notes. Um, it's really interesting uh, stuff and interesting integration stuff that's coming out. And that was the perfect segue towards our central topic. And that's Microsoft Ignite. I've linked in here the um, uh, keynote of Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, um, which is really worth watching. It's a very interesting one hour keynote. Um, it's without these Sapphire effects, so I hope the SAP folks uh, are watching it because there is no free floating Christian Klein or something like that. It's just all the news uh, that are summarized from, from Ignite in one hour. It's really nice to watch. And if you don't want to watch it, and if you want to have some more uh, deeper insight, there is, as usual as this at these conferences, um, the book of news that's available, where you have here the table of contents with all the different areas that you can go through, whatever interests you. Um, as you see, it's, it's quite broad. So you have Azure, you have business applications like Dynamics, you have um, um, cross innovations and you have an industry cloud. I will say something about that later. Of course, you have Microsoft 365 and so on and so forth. So really um, nicely made up. And I will now dive into this book of news um, with respect to the topics that are of interest for I think developing extensions of SAP with Microsoft or developing 
on the Microsoft platform as it is. So let's start with the first topic. <clears throat> it's about the area of artificial intelligence. So uh, there are different offerings on the Azure platform. And one um, very powerful offering that really makes sense to integrate into ABAP is Azure Cognitive Services. Um, and we have new features here for Cognitive Search, uh, which is very important um, if you have restrictions with respect to where to fetch the data. And up to now, the endpoints have, have had to be uh, publicly available. And now you can also use private endpoints to fetch your data as a source for your search. So even if you are in a, in a private network, you can now connect that to your cognitive search and use it. I think that's, that's really nice. There is also a second point that has to be um, taken into account. It's using uh, RBAC, so the role-based success control assignments that are also now um, or can be used in order to secure your cognitive search. So that's not sexy, but necessary. There is another um, topic about um, cognitive services. There is an, an update here about functionality. Uh, the most important topic from my perspective is um, an anomaly detector. It's a hard word. Um, anomaly detector that is now part of cognitive services. It's built in, it's pre-trained. So all Azure Cognitive Services are pre-trained models. You don't need to do your own training of the models. So that's really cool that that's available. And there is also um, a preview of spatial analysis within the Cognitive Services. So there it's called not Cognitive Services, but Computer Vision, but it's kind of the, the umbrella term for that. So that's two news from the AI area. That really makes sense. And as they are pre-trained services that are accessible via HTTP, uh, you can also embed them within your ABAP. So that's possible. Then um, there is another highlight concerning um, Azure data. I, I just have to shortly check. Um, I have the right section here. Um, it's about Cosmos DB. Um, Cosmos DB now offers a serverless offering. Cosmos DB is the um, Azure cloud native database. It's a proprietary database, so not like MySQL or something like that, but it's really a cloud native database. So if you build applications on, on Azure, it's a likely choice that you choose uh, Cosmos DB due to its um, different um, properties, which are really cloud native. So it's really built for the cloud. It's not an on-prem database put into the cloud, but there is one um, point that you have to take into account. It's quite expensive. So it's one of the cost drivers usually when you do development, um, except for the case that you spin up uh, huge Kubernetes clusters. Now there is a serverless offering of this Cosmos DB. So it's only paid for what you use. Now there are two scenarios where this makes perfect sense. One is um, development areas or development um, and parts in Azure where you do not want to have a full-fledged Cosmos DB, but you only have 
very low traffic and you don't want to pay for the overhead serverless cosmos db that's the choice or if you have really small workloads um that that you want to take into account so that's that's really great stuff um yeah and if you take a look at the sap ecosystem well there is no really counterpart to that unfortunately so i hope that um, i think i saw a tweet two weeks ago um, that there are plans of the community not only to build a cap adapter to postgres but also to build a cap adapter to cosmos db so that's something that's uh, uh, would be really interesting to see and to leverage from the cloud application programming model so um now i have to take a short look what's next um yeah there is one topic i hope we can see that here yeah it's uh uses usage-based optimization of um, azure synapse and power bi what's cool about that so power bi is the visualization software it's for for sub people out there it's the um kind of Lumira SAP Analytics Cloud thingy um, that you can use in order to visualize stuff. And you're usually connected to a data warehouse to, for example, Synapse, which is the data warehouse plus big data offering uh, on Azure. And what's really super cool from my perspective is that a new feature analyzes the, the patterns, your access patterns of Power BI shares the information with Synapse that then automatically creates dedicated views and not virtual views, but, but materialized views in order to optimize your access and in order to make your access faster. So that's cool. I think it's just cool. Okay, um, then let's go one step further and I think Somehow I got lost here um, from the links. So I have to check the links because they are not really working right here. So I will go back to, um, to the GitHub repo and walk through there. So um, let's simply open that stuff up from here. So what we have is um, .NET 5 release candidate is now available. So um, .NET 5 is the successor of .NET Core. It's the, the one platform where you can then build all your stuff with um, a lot of support um, coming along with the new uh, releases of C Sharp and F Sharp. So um, that's out there for all the ones who would like to use that um then we have another thing that's quite interesting from the perspective of um, building extensions and that's the azure communication service that is now available in public preview now what's that that's kind of um tearing apart all the communication services that you have within teams or within uh, um, Outlook and, and some other communication services like SMS, video chatting, 
and they are available now as dedicated single services under the umbrella of Azure Communication Services that you can use and integrate within your solution. So you don't need a fully fledged Teams in order to have, for example, video chat, but you can use the dedicated service for that. And I think that opens up also quite, quite nice scenarios when I think about perhaps integrating that with Fiori. I don't know if that's cool, but I think it is. Um, then for those who um, like to do Kubernetes on Azure, um, we have new features um, that are available for the Azure Kubernetes service. They are quite interesting if you are using, for example, Kima on Kubernetes, on, on um, Azure Kubernetes service, because this can, um, yeah, really save you some money. There is a, a start-stop cluster feature now in public preview um, where you can, without much effort, pause your AKS cluster and pick it up again later. So I think that's really helpful. You, you can do that right now too, but it's quite some effort to do it. And this is now kind of click of a button and you stop your cluster. And if we go more into the, uh, let's say, production area of the house, um, there is also now the availability, and that's GA, so it's general available, of um, Azure policies deep down to quite low level. So up to now, we could enforce policies on the resource itself within Azure. And now these policies, so these, these uh, guidelines that you enforce when you deploy a resource, um, can now go in depth to ports, to namespaces, to uh, incoming network and other Kubernetes resources. So it's not longer about Azure resources, it's about the Kubernetes resources. And I think that's quite helpful <clears throat> uh, when it comes to productive workloads. Because then you have one single place where you put in all your governance. Um, yeah, that's cool, cool, cool stuff. Then from the low code area of the house, um, what do we have here? Um, I directly put here a link to the blog, um, not to the to the book of news. There are two new things that, that came out. One thing that I want to stress first is there is a new designer. So the, the UI, the <clears throat> experience of the designer got a little bit yeah, freshed up and um, some new features came in, so it's more handy. And there is now also a hosting flexibility of Azure Logic Apps. So usually Azure Logic Apps are the low-code workflow solution within Azure. Um, and the stressing is within Azure. Now you have a hosting flexibility. So if you want, containerize them and let them run on a Kubernetes cluster. If you want, containerize them, let them run on-prem or at the edge. So for IoT scenarios, that's also quite quite useful. So that's really, really interesting. And that's um, a cool move of, of Microsoft to make also this, this powerful tool um, 
agnostic of the platform. So that's that's really cool. I say that often, right? Cool. Um, because yeah, this this ignite was there was really a lot of highlights out there. Then another point that's also interesting um, from the perspective of offerings, if you have um, Azure within your company and you want to um, use services that are offered at the Azure Marketplace, well, that there might be the issue that due to corporate governance, you cannot use all or you should not use all the services, but there was no real way to um, to get a, a grip on that. So um, now there is um, a public preview of a so-called private Azure marketplace that allows you to curate the solutions that you offer for your employees or for your developers within your, your company, which is kind of a, of a pre-approval process going on. So you only see the solutions that you are allowed to use within your company. So um, that's, I think, something that's really demanded. It's, that's quite helpful when you want to build solutions. Then um, this week, as a, as a um, kind of sidecar to uh, Ignite, there was also Azure Functions Live. So the um, monthly um, event of the uh, product management of Azure Functions. And it was a blast. So I, I have linked it to one specific place within the um, show. So there, there have been some, some announcements before, but here comes the real great announcement and watch it, a, a breathtaking piece of live coding. So um, really fasten your seatbelt. Maria, the, the developer of Microsoft here, is putting the pedal to the metal when it comes to uh, coding TypeScript within VS Code. So that's really breathtaking. Um, now, what, what was presented? You know, or maybe you know, maybe you know not, I tell you now, within Logic Apps, you have a lot of, you have tons of connectors. So you can connect to Teams, you can connect to Outlook, you can connect to, to Gmail, to SAP, to whatsoever. And that's all low code. And this really makes connections quite easy. You do not have to wrap your head around authentication because it's kind of guiding you how to do that. Um, it really helps you a lot. However, those connectors are only available within Logic Apps and within um, Power Automate, which is uh, uh, the, the kind of same offering within the Power Platform. Now, there is an offering, a code-based offering, to use those connectors within Azure Functions. So you can spin up those connectors by code within Azure Functions, in addition, in order to, to make the authentication and, and set up the connections, there is Visual Studio Code support for that. So absolutely breathtaking stuff. Take a look at it. I, I was absolutely puzzled not only by live coding, but also by the announcement. Uh, okay, it's it's in private beta, I have to say, so you can only watch the video, but you can apply for the private beta if you think you want to lose it, lose it, use it. Um, so yeah, take a look at it. 
Then we have uh, a great typo here within the show notes that I will correct later on. Um, there are some news also around the, um, the Power Platform, um, which is the first one is um, robotic process automation, which is also part of um, the Power Platform. It's Power Automate there. And one colleague of mine has tried that out with respect to automating um, SAP UI, so SubGUI, uh, um, WebDimpro, Fiori. It's not really working well. However, um, Microsoft acquired Softmotive earlier this year, and they have now, as far as I've read this, um, integrated the offering within Power Automate and Softmotive has some footprint within automating SAP UIs. So I hope that within the future we have an alternative to the intelligent robotic process automation of SAP with Power Automate using this um, acquired software. That's why I brought that here. Perhaps we, we can take um, some closer look at that and I will give you an update then. Then there is another interesting topic. Um, it's about um, enhanced integration of Power BI into Teams. Um, that's, I think, quite interesting from, uh, from uh, the perspective of visualizing stuff. Um, so, I mean, Power BI is kind of a great dashboarding tool for reporting stuff. Um, however, it's kind of standing alone. For sure, you could integrate it, but now you can really infuse that, um, that that insights that you can get within your workflow in um, Teams. So there will be a, a public preview later this year. Um, and what I saw from, from Ignite, that's really um, something worth taking a look at. If you send your work around Teams, um, yeah, that will help you a lot. And then we have we have another announcement. It's about um, bringing together the the power platform, and um, I would say real developer tools. So don't get me wrong, power platform is a low code no code tool. Um, it's quite powerful, but was able to connect to some things, but not to um, to kind of the the developer tooling. So there are two um, announcements or two public previews that now came out at Microsoft Ignite. Um, the first one is you could now um, connect via this connector mechanism that I mentioned before for logic apps to Azure API management. That's really interesting. So um, you kind of bridge the gap now between low code and, and code. And there is also GitHub integration of Power Platform, which is now available um, in public preview. So, um, well, this really brings the worlds together and I think really helps you when you develop, because from my perspective, not everything that you develop has to be um, in code. If low-code tools like Power Platform help you in automating things, go for it. Yeah, um, and there is also, I, I forgot to show that to you, um, 
some improvements concerning the Azure bot framework that is now also um, closely linked together to the Power Platform. So as you might know, within the Power Platform, you have some robotic, uh, some, some, some bot framework in there. Um, it's quite nice because it's low code. And on the other side, you have the Azure bot framework, which is code from the very first line. Um, so there is no, no low entry with a little bit of guided procedures. No, it's fully um, code. And now these, um, these two worlds are brought together a bit. And the last thing um, that I want to mention where I, where I kind of, when I watched the keynote was a little bit stunned. Um, I heard the term industry cloud and I had to take a look to look at, at Sapphire now or whatever I'm watching. And now also Microsoft offers an industry cloud for a very restrictive industry from my perspective namely for, for health industry. It's yeah, a little bit fluffy. I did not really get the details what it's all about, but um, well, especially here you see, um, and for those who will listen to the audio um, that I will say that out loud. So there is the compliance with a lot of um, data privacy regulations like GDPR, HIPAA, which is an American, um, I think in US American um, restriction, high trust, and a lot of um, other regulatory frameworks that are built in within the, the um, um, government's capabilities of the offering of the cloud. So that's quite interesting that Microsoft also comes up with an industry specific solution. Um, yeah, quite interesting to see what, um, what will be the, the echo at um, SAP because they at Sapphire also announced that um, industry clouds and industry specific offerings will be the way to go in the future and that's where they they put the stress on so well, let's see how that evolves interesting times okay so um, that's it for this week I hope I could present you some interesting and new stuff concerning Microsoft Ignite. As I said, this was kind of a special edition. It was Microsoft Ignite this week, this week so um, I really wanted to focus on that stuff because I think um, there are some news that you should know about, especially not only if you're working with Microsoft standalone, but also if you're working with SAP and Microsoft and want to bring the worlds together because there are a lot of super interesting and I think super useful announcements that came along here. So um, yeah, that's it for information. So it will not always be uh, that Microsoft focused. Next week we will also um, get some news about SAP once again. So yeah, have a nice Friday, have a nice weekend and I hope to see you next week. Till then, stay healthy. Bye.